if you're if you want to play college golf, um, guys or or girls, um, there's a place for you. Like no matter where your game is, um, if you love the game and you're willing to work hard at it, like there is a place for you to play college golf. And there are so many opportunities out there, be it um, you know Division One. NAI, Division II, Division III, junior college. There, there are so many opportunities out there. Um, you may have to search high and low, um, but if you are willing to put in the work and, and just do your research, like there are going to be opportunities, I guarantee it. Hello, and welcome back to Making the Turn, a golf performance podcast. I'm your host, Vince Drummond. Today's episode is a must-watch, must-listen for anyone who's interested in learning more about the college golf recruiting process. In episode six today, we're joined by Cameron Andre, the head men's and women's golf coach at Taylor University, an NAI school in Upland, Indiana. Coach took over the helm of the men's program in 2010 and has taken a program that started as the 118th ranked NAI team in the country all the way up to the 8th ranked team in the country at the end of last season. Coach also helped to start the women's program at Taylor back in 2012. Over the course of his career, he's been the four-time Crossroads League Men's Coach of the Year and the two-time Crossroads League Women's Coach of the Year. He also currently has the 14th-ranked NAI men's team in the country and the 15th-ranked women's NAI team in the country. Hey guys, just want to break in here real quick and say that we did have some connection issues with Coach Andrew today. It shouldn't be anything that affects his main message. You should be able to get everything across. Uh, but there are a couple instances where the video may lag or the audio may be a little bit behind just because we didn't have the best connection with him as we were going through today's interview. But want to go ahead and just jump right into it. Uh, coach Andrew is somebody that I look up to, someone that I've had the opportunity to both play and coach against, and he's someone I have the most respect in the world for. So can't wait for you guys to be able to learn from him more about college golf recruiting. So here's episode six of Making the Turn, a golf performance podcast. Hat forward, headphones on, let's go! <laughs> All right, well, we're back here on Making the Turn, a golf performance podcast. Really excited to be joined by a college golf coach today as our guest. Uh, Cameron Andre is the golf coach at Taylor University. So thanks for joining us today, coach. Oh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Vince. Yeah, awesome. We're really excited. Uh, really excited to get the chance to talk about the recruiting process and just kind of how it works, what it looks like, especially from a coach's perspective. I think that's so valuable as a potential student athlete and as someone who's looking into college golf, being able to know exactly what coaches look for and kind of what they're experiencing during the process as well. But why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about some of your background in the game, some of your background with golf and how you kind of wound up being a college golf coach. Yeah, I didn't uh, set out to become a, a college golf coach. Um, it it, it kind of happened. I'm really thankful that it did. I, I played the game growing up. I um, I grew up in Southern Indiana, not a exactly a, like a, a huge golf area, except we were right down the road from French Lick, which has since become, you know, kind of a, a, a place where golf is really popular. But uh, my dad started the game and, and my younger brother and I started right at the same time. And so I played, um, I was maybe good enough to play like small college golf, but I didn't, I didn't really um, I didn't know that I wanted to do that. I probably did back then, but I didn't know it. Um, I ended up going to Ball State. I uh, tried to walk on there. Coach Fleck treated me really well. I wasn't even close to good enough to be on the team. <laughs> there. But um, So I went to Ball State while I was 
working on my master's at Ball State, I uh, got a part-time job at Taylor, um, working in sports information. And in the middle of the year, the golf coach at the time said he was uh, not going to continue being the golf coach. And they said, well, you play golf, right? And I said, yeah. Um, and they said, well, maybe you can be the golf coach. And I said, I, sure, I'll give it a try. <laughs> um, and so here we are. Uh, I'm in my eighth season now. And uh, so I, I started coaching the men's golf team. And six years ago, we started our women's program. And uh, man, I just, I love it. I, I feel like I love the game, but more than that, like I just love being around college students and um, hopefully being a part of their development and helping them grow as people, not just as, as players. But Taylor's a really cool place too. And um, I, I get to work with great people. So I'm, I'm very blessed, very fortunate. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it's always cool to hear how some people kind of find their way into coaching and uh, it just kind of winds up being what, what you do and you fall in love with it. And so that's a really cool story. It's awesome to, to hear that. And we definitely want you to, to tell us a little bit more about Taylor, about the golf teams. Obviously, um, I played against you when I was in college. I've coached against you for a couple of years. Um, and so got to know you pretty well, got to know the program pretty well, and you guys have been super successful since you've been there. So just talk a little bit about some of the successes you guys have had recently and kind of the role that you've been on. Yeah, well, we, we have had a, a lot of success um, the past few years, and I'm very proud of that. Really, that, that all goes back to having good players, you know, and um, we've been blessed with guys that not only can play, but they're just you know, they're, they're good guys. Um, and same thing on the women's side, not, not just good players, but just fun people to be around. And um, so we've, uh, we're, we're in the NAIA, which obviously you're familiar with, um, haven't spent a lot of time there, but um, you know, it's a competitive, especially at the, at the highest levels, but there are a lot of international players and just a lot of really good players. And so um, we've won our, our conference the last three years on the men's side, the last two years on the women's side. Um, this last year, our men's team finished seventh at the national championship, and our women's team finished fifth. Uh, and I was really proud of of both teams. Um, and we've, you know, our, our teams are kind of in different places. Our women's team was really young last year. In fact, we returned our our entire top five for this year. Our men's team, we graduated three of our top five. Um, and so last year, our top five were three seniors, two juniors. And so we've We've kind of had to reload this year, but we, we've got some young guys that have stepped up and, and we've still got a, a solid team. And I think we'll we'll give it a run in uh, April for trying to win a fourth straight conference championship. But like I said, Vincent, you know, it, we've been really lucky to have really good players and uh, guys that work really, really hard. And one of the things I'm most proud of is that, you know, we've got one of the guys who graduated for us last year um, is playing a little professional golf right now. In fact, he's, he's playing a tournament right now down, down in Florida. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things I'm proud of is that if you, you know, guys come through our program, they, they leave with still a passion for playing the game. And uh, we, we try to, you know, facilitate and, and, and help them grow that passion instead of maybe burning them out on it. And so that's one of the things we try to do. I want them to have a great experience. I want them to grow. Um, to learn a lot about themselves and uh, and hopefully have, be around, you know, other guys that they can learn from and enjoy and uh, hopefully play some good golf in the process too. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the things that uh, we as coaches know very well, but sometimes gets overlooked by maybe players who are looking at certain programs or other people who look at college golf is 
how important having the right players is and how big of a role recruiting plays in that, how big of a role um, kind of that whole search process is in making sure that you have a successful program. Uh, speak a little bit to just how important recruiting is for the success you guys have had so far and uh, where it kind of ranks, I guess, on, on the priority list for the things you're doing moving forward as a coach. Yeah, I, I really think recruiting is the lifeblood of a program. Um, you know, you, you, it doesn't really matter how great of a coach you are at this level. You know, you've got to get good players and, and help them get better. Um, you can't get average players and make up enough ground to be, uh, to be really competitive. And so, you know, it's one of the most important things that I do as a coach. And obviously the talent, recruiting talent, is, is a big piece of it. But, um, you know, just as important is recruiting the right guys to be on that team and guys that understand what we are about as a university, what our team is about, what our core values are, and um, guys that are going to embrace that and you know really contribute on all fronts and not just because they're really good players and so you know you got to search high and low and um and and really just pound the pavement try to find the right guys you know the good news is you only need five of them theoretically <laughs> uh, hopefully you have a few more than that but um it, you know you you just you never know when where you're going to find a guy who who you're going to connect with and um and when some guy might, you know, come out of the woodwork. And so I'm always recruiting, literally always recruiting. I'm always on the lookout. Um, and it seems like all the good players that, that we've had over the years, like how they have ended up here at Taylor, each story is very unique. And um, it, it usually all comes back to, you know, being at the right place at the right time. Um, and then, you know, just helping them understand who we are and them really liking what we have to offer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, talk a little bit on your kind of recruiting process, how you go about it, some of the things that, that you're doing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis as it involves recruiting. Like you said, you're always recruiting, you're always in that mindset. But if you had to kind of lay it out as a process or uh, just kind of your approach to it, speak a little bit on that and, and how you kind of go about the, the recruiting process. Yeah, well, you know, at the at the Division One level, um, the process has really sped up, and you know, guys are getting offers now um, as freshmen and and sophomores in high school, and um, that process is it seems to move pretty rapidly at a pretty early point in time. And as that's happened, I think um, I have kind of pumped the brakes a little bit on our process because I feel like as that happens there are going to be more and more players that fall through the cracks, guys that develop maybe a little bit later on. Um, and so we've had some success with that, players that have developed a little bit later. And, and certainly by the time they're seniors in high school, they're good enough to, you know, maybe play Division One if they really wanted to. But um, at that point, a lot of those opportunities have already been snatched up. And so um, I'm ready to accept those guys and, and give them a great experience. And so, um, you know, I would say if there is a typical timeline for us, it's a little bit different depending on men or women. Um, on the women's side, um, things seem to move a little bit um, more quickly. And I think part of that is because in Indiana um, and a lot of the other Midwestern states, their high school season for girls golf is in the fall. And a lot of the junior girls that I talk to, they, they really want to have things wrapped up before they start their senior 
high school season. And so they would like to commit at the latest at some point, you know, the summer between their junior and senior year of high school. And so if that's going to happen, you've got to identify those prospects, you know, at some point between maybe summer between sophomore, junior year of high school, have them on campus at some point during their junior year, make offers and, and have all of that wrapped up. And it, honestly, it's taken me a, a little bit to get used to that because it's a little different than the timeline for the guys side. On the guys, I feel like I spend, you know, most of the year um, identifying guys who are juniors and figuring out who would be good fits, having a lot of phone calls. I'm on the phone um, almost every day, like this time of year. and. Um, and then throughout the spring, at least in Indiana, when the high school season's taking place, I'm really keeping an eye on scores and figuring out, okay, this, you know, these guys can play. Uh, it's hard during the season to get out and watch a whole lot during the spring, but I do try to take some opportunities. And then as soon as our season wraps up in May, um, I hit the road and, and try to get out and watch players, men and women, um, and get a good idea of who would be good fits. And then on the guy's side, we get to know them a lot that summer and then early on in their senior year, that fall of their senior year, have them on campus um, and, and figure out who are the right fits, make offers. And if all goes well, we're wrapped up by the early signing period in November, but it doesn't always work that way. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't always work out exactly like you'd like it to, but that's, that's the goal of pretty much every program, I think. Um, speak a little bit on what you were talking about before, uh, when you talked about trying to make sure that you find the right players, when you try to make sure you get players on campus and get them to understand you, you get to understand them a little bit better. Uh, what are some of the, the qualities that you look for in the student athletes that you're recruiting? Some of the things that are important to you as a coach, but then also with your situation at Taylor being slightly different from uh, maybe some of the public schools, how, how that plays a role in your guys' recruiting process as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, Taylor is a, a private um, Christian college. And so you, you have to want that environment in order to, to really fit at Taylor. And so uh, I try to be, first of all, just being upfront early on in, in the recruiting conversations with letting players know and their families know, like, this is what Taylor is. And maybe just as importantly, like, these are some of the things that Taylor is not. Um, and, you know, I always tell them my, my goal is for that particular student athlete to find the right fit, whether or not it's Taylor, I want them to find the right fit. And I don't, if I bring a, a kid here who doesn't exactly want what we are, then that's actually not going to end well for either one of us. You know, they're going to be unhappy. I'm probably going to be unhappy with them because they're not fulfilling, you know, what, what I want. And so, um, you know, it's a two way street there, but having a lot of conversations early on and just letting them know like Taylor's a Christian college, it's high academic. Um, and you know, it's, it's not cheap. And so that's a part of it too. Yeah. We have scholarships, but like, you know, you, I try to be upfront about what the potential costs are going to be for that family. Um, and I think, you know, as people always think about recruiting as identifying prospects. Um, but I, I think just as important as actually, you know, weeding out, people who, for whatever reason, it's not going to work out. And so I do, you know, I feel like kind of cutting, cutting my list down is one of the most important processes that I go through because I can make sure that I'm not spending, spending my time and spinning my wheels on kids that we 
wouldn't be a good fit or that we don't have a chance to get. And so the more conversations I have with people to figure out, like, is this a genuine interest on both sides? Um, and if it is, then we can go from there. Um, and so, you know, I, I think the other important piece of it for us is the actual visit to campus plays a big role. And so I'll invite, you know, maybe 10, 15 different prospects in a, in a class to visit campus. And I want, I ask all of them to come spend a day on campus, um, spend some time with us on the course. Um, that's not really an evaluation because I've already watched them play at that point. That's more just my players getting to spend time with them and then um, have them actually spend the night and spend time with the team. And so I want them to get a good feel for what life would be like if they were a student athlete at Taylor. But I also want our players to get a good feel for what it would be like to have this particular student on our team. And, you know, we eliminate guys after that. Um, there are, there are plenty of times whenever my team comes back and says, yeah, coach, like we like him. We're not sure, you know, these are maybe some red flags or some concerns that we have. We're not sure he's a great fit for Taylor or for our team. And, but more often than not at that point in the process, they're like, coach, we love that guy. Um, and then I got to figure out, you know, which ones I want um, and start trying to rank them and make offers and, and all that stuff. But all of that plays a role. I mean, you're really trying to, our, our team culture and, and team chemistry is so important to just really just the daily enjoyment, <laughs> you know, going to practice and traveling and spending so much time together that, that um, finding the right fit in the recruiting process is really just as important as finding good players. Definitely. Uh, and I think one of the things that gets overlooked quite a bit by whether it's junior golfers or their families or high school kids who are so focused on their golf is the academic component. Um, I think a lot of times there are players who could easily play at a specific school and maybe fit very well and really get along with the coach, but then they don't have the, the grades to get into the school or they don't have the grades to maybe get the academic scholarship that would help make it more affordable for them. Uh, talk a little bit about how important academics are um, and just kind of what other things you're looking at we talked a little bit about it but just some of the other things outside of academics as well that that are important to you throughout the process some things that maybe kids listening to this or somebody who comes across it can make sure that they're working on make sure that they're trying to get better at as they try to to get ready for this college recruiting process yeah well the academics definitely play a big role number one like you mentioned um it it's gonna allow you to earn hopefully some academic scholarships, which is gonna make attending Taylor more reasonable and affordable for your family. And so if I have a kid who, you know, I'm, I'm recruiting and they don't register at all on the, on the academic uh, scholarship scale, like I already know that that's, that's gonna be tough. Um, even, if I, even if we can get them admitted to Taylor, which will be an uphill battle, um, even after that, like their families are gonna be forking over some serious money um, because they're not getting any academic scholarships. And so that's a big part of it. The other piece of it is though, like it's one thing to get you here and for you to, you know, agree to pay what you would have to pay. It's another thing for you to be successful here. And I've got, I coach the men's and women's teams. I've got 20 to 24 student athletes that I'm uh, in charge of. I don't have time to babysit some kid and make sure that he's going to class and going to get the grades that he needs to get in order to stay eligible. And so I have no real interest in bringing in a kid who's, um, maybe shown that academics aren't important to them because that means I'm probably babysitting them and I don't want to do that. Um, and so, you know, those are important pieces to it. Um, 
other things outside of, you know, just their ability to play the game, um, you know, self-starters are, are important for me. Um, guys that I, I don't want to have to, you know, feel like I'm, I'm like a cowboy with the cattle prodder out there trying to, you know, coach you into doing what you need to do. Guys that, that love the game and work hard. I, I tell our team three things, um, unique to Taylor, but if you can do three things well every day, we're going to be good. Number one is, is to love the Lord. Number two is to love, like genuinely love and, and serve your teammates. And number three is to love and respect the game. And I feel like if, if each member of our team does those three things well every day, we're going to be in pretty good shape. And so um, that's kind of where we go with that. I, you know, I think the other big piece of it is uh, I, I like guys that have demonstrated that they have a, a growth mindset meaning that they believe they can get better and they believe in the process of getting better. They don't just expect to be good at, at everything. And most golfers understand that because it's a hard game and, you know, you've, you've had to put in a lot of time and effort by yourself on the back of the range as a sunset and banging balls to get good at this game. So usually that's not an issue, but sometimes guys get a little bit fixed about I'm good at this and I'm not good at that. Well, well why? Uh, why do you say that? Like, I, I actually think you can be good at that. It may be painful for you, the process of getting there, but I think you can be. And so guys that respond well to that and uh, really embrace the process of getting better. I, I love those guys. I love going to work with them every day. Awesome. That's great. Um, and I think it, it gives players, like I said, maybe juniors or high school players who are watching this a chance to work on maybe some things that you wouldn't necessarily expect or some things that maybe you wouldn't uh, always hear a coach talk about or maybe someone who's helping you get recruited talk about the the attitude piece of it what you bring to the table off the golf course as a teammate and when you show up every day are you ready to get to work I think those things are very important and things that um, don't all the time get addressed as being as important as they are mm -hmm. uh, obviously for you guys being in NAI school the rules are slightly different when it comes to recruiting NAI versus NCAA uh, but just talk about some of the guidelines, uh, restrictions, things that, that maybe you guys have to do as coaches or that players should be aware of as they start to get into this process, things that they should know that maybe there are certain things a coach can't do that doesn't necessarily mean they're not interested or they don't want to talk to you, but just something that, that they're not allowed to do or something that they feel like they shouldn't do because it may be crossing the line or doing something like that. Yeah, well, you know, in some ways we're lucky at the NAI level. We don't have a whole lot of restrictions. We don't have a recruiting calendar, you know, that we have to follow, dead periods or anything like that. Uh, I, I really think that there's a lot of positives to that. You know, we're really about trying to help uh, a student athlete find the right place for them. Um, you know, restricting their ability to communicate seems a little counterintuitive there. But um, so we don't have those restrictions. I'm thankful for that. I do know. Um, haven't been around the game for a while and I've got several friends at the the division one division two levels that they have some restrictions and so you know it can be something like you know you you may call a coach um and leave a voicemail and they at that particular point in the calendar year they aren't allowed to return your your call um, because it's a no contact period and so um there's some you know it's kind of quirky but um it's like some coach Fleck is a good friend of mine at Ball State and he says you know hey don't be offended if I don't um, maybe get back to you it might be that I, I'm not allowed to by the rules at that particular point so uh, I'm thankful I don't have to worry about all that stuff 
Um, it makes my job a, a lot easier, a lot, lot more simple, that's for sure. But, um, you know, the other thing I would say, <clears throat> if, you're, if you want to play college golf, um, guys or, or girls, um, there's a place for you. Like, no matter where your game is, um, if you love the game and you're willing to work hard at it, like, there is a place for you to play college golf. And there are so many opportunities out there, be it, um, you know, Division I, NAI, Division II, Division Three, Junior College. There, there are so many opportunities out there. Um, you may have to search high and low, um, but if you are willing to put in the work and, and just do your research, like, there are going to be opportunities. I guarantee it. Yeah, definitely. And I think kind of piggybacking off that leads perfectly into our next question. And you just hit on it a little bit, but what are some of the things that as a, someone looking to go through the college recruiting process as a player mm -hmm. who's in high school or maybe even younger, really looking forward to college golf and wants to kind of get a head start on things? What are some of the things that players can be doing to help themselves in the process, to help themselves kind of get as much exposure as possible, be able to, to talk to as many coaches as possible and do all the things that they can to try to find the right spot for them? Yeah, well, I think uh, I've heard several different approaches, but I, I think one one good approach would be to, you know, maybe list out um, five to ten, like, dream schools um, that you would love to go to, five to ten, you know, schools where you feel like these would be great places, um, you know, kind of middle of the road, and then five to ten schools that are, like, you know, these aren't at the top of the list, but like they're realistic and they, they could be places that, that I could end up. And, you know, the beauty I think of, of doing it that way is you're going to give yourself some options. Um, you know, the, at the, at the highest level, you know, it's like uh, the, the Purdue and I use and, and Notre Dame's of the world, like maybe they're signing two or three guys in a class, maybe. Um, and they have a lot of great players to choose from. And so even if you're a really good player, uh, one of the top players in the state, like you, you still may not get an opportunity there, but there are plenty of great opportunities beyond that. Um, and so, you know, it gives you plenty of options. And the other thing you might find out is like, we've had players here at Taylor that, you know, they, they were good enough to play division one. They, they had opportunities, but as they started looking around, they realized, man, Taylor, it's a great school. It's a, it's a cool location. Uh, the team atmosphere is great. Look at their schedule. They play unbelievable golf courses. They're competitive. They're, they're in the hunt to, you know, win championships on a yearly basis. Like, I want all of that. And uh, some of them, Taylor, would have never been on their radar um, other than they just – someone told them about it and they looked into it. And then they thought, wow, this place has a lot to offer. And Taylor, that's not, not just about Taylor. Like, there are a lot of places like that. Um, and so, you know, I think keeping your options open is really good. And, um, you know, it's always good to get, get an early start. Um, but, you know, I get, if I get an email from a kid who's a freshman in high school, I'm like, okay, I don't really know what to do with that. Like, um, I'll email him back and be like, hey, hit me up in a year or two. Um, but, you know, I, I, think it's, I think it's good to have, you know, options at different levels, I think would be a good place to start. For sure. Uh, and then one of the things that I know different coaches have different opinions on, but it's always good just to be able to get coaches' opinions on it, to be able to hear what coaches think about it. Uh, how involved would you say parents should be in the recruiting process? How much of, of the, I guess, the, 
brunt of the work should be on the kid and how much should the parent help? How much should the parent do? How involved should the parent be as, as a player starting to go through this college search process? Well, I, I think it is um, unrealistic and, and not really fair to say that the parents shouldn't be involved at all. I mean, after all, like they're the ones writing the check and, and they have a vested interest in making sure that their son and daughter ends up at a place that is the best place for them. And so I expect parents to be part of that process. Um, and it, it, it is a, a fine line, so to speak, but I, you know, I think like when I'm having a conversation with a, with a student athlete, if I ask the student athlete a question, like I, I want them to answer it. And if they can't answer it, then maybe they can say, you know, if we're sitting at a table here at an on-campus visit um, and I ask the student athlete, you know, about, um, anything like I, it, it bugs me if the parent jumps in and, and kind of tries to answer that question on behalf of the student athlete it doesn't bug me at all if the student athlete answers and the parents say you know I'd, I'd also like to add this um, and you know I'm I, I don't like to do it but I have done it before where I'll say thanks but I actually ask you know uh, Joey the, the question and but I think that's part of it. I have good relationships with my parents, um, of my players. I enjoy talking to them. You know, golf is unique in that it's not like other sports where I coach down on the sidelines and the parents are up in the stands. Like in golf, the parents will walk right up. You talk to them more than you talk to the players half the time um, <laughs> when you're out there. So, you know, I end up being friends with my, with my families once they get here. And I, I think it's important for them to, to be involved. But, you know, let, let the student athlete do uh, – uh, you know, do do some of the research and, and kind of make their own choices because I think they're, they're invested in the process then. Um, and, and it just makes things go more smoothly. Same thing when it comes to, you know, writing emails and doing that sort of thing. Like, um, I think it's great if the parent wants to be part of that process and check it out. But like, let, let the student athlete, uh, let it be their voice that comes through in those communications. Because ultimately, that's what we're trying to get to know them, not, not mom and dad. Right, definitely. Uh, and then, one thing that we talk about quite a bit on the channel uh, when it comes to golf performance, when it comes to being able to play and perform your best is building a team around you, whether that's a swing coach, a fitness trainer, a high school coach, surrounding yourself with people who are going to help push you, help get you to that next level. Um, how much interaction do you have with a player's team, so to speak, during the recruiting process? How much are you calling swing coaches? How much are you contacting high school coaches, whoever the player may be working with? How much of an impact does that have as you're getting to try to know someone or as you're getting to try to learn about a player? Yeah, those, uh, I do, uh, I do that pretty frequently, you know, reaching out to those people. They, they know the player well. Um, and so I can get a good perspective from them. I also, I'm not a swing coach. I don't want to be a swing coach. Um, and so if I get a player, I tell them right up front, like, I, I don't want to, um, you know, take over for your swing coach. I want you to maintain that relationship. And so if your swing coach says, hey, these are, these are the things we're trying to work on, um, and then I've got a question about, hey, you know, what, what's the process here? How are we trying to do this? I can just reach out to the swing coach and, um, and, and get a better idea about what that, what that looks like. So definitely I think that's really important. Um, I love that that's something that, that you hit on a lot because I think, you know, golf is an individual sport and sometimes guys try to go it alone. Um, and, and that just is not the best way. Uh, it, you know, there, are, you're always going to be better off if you got other people in your corner and it, 
if nothing else, it's not because, you know, maybe you necessarily need them to tell you how to do something, but sometimes this game can beat you down. And sometimes you just need people who can, you know, you know that they love you and they care for you, whether you shoot 68 or 83 and um, they're going to be there for you. And sometimes that's, that's what you need. Um, you know, not somebody to tell you how to swing it or, or anything else, just somebody that that's going to support you. And so half the time that I feel like that is my role, even as a college coach is uh, yeah, I'm pushing them and yeah, I'm trying to help them realize what their strengths and weaknesses are and make plans for them to get better. But sometimes it's just like, Hey, I believe in you. And I know you don't believe in yourself right now, but I believe in you. And these are the things that you're going to do to help get this back on track. Awesome. Uh, and then one, before we kind of get into a little bit more fun stuff, one last thing to kind of hit on a little bit, just from your perspective, your, uh, point of view, I guess, as you look at the different things from a player's perspective that go into a decision, as you look at um, the fit of a school, the fit of a, a coach and a player together, the fit of a player and their future teammates, what would you say is kind of one of the, the main things or one of the, the most important things to focus on from a player's perspective during the recruiting process? Obviously, everyone's priorities are a little different, but as a player goes into this situation, what's maybe one or two things that they should really, really be focusing on, like to find the place where you really fit, you have to have A or you have to have B or whatever you think that may be? Yeah, uh, you know, I think one of the things that I would, I would caution um, students as they're going to look at different places is if you, if you don't get to spend a, a decent amount of time around the team, and hopefully around the team whenever coach isn't standing right there. Um, I think that's really important because you need to get a sense of what those guys are like when, they, when coach is not around. Because uh, those are going to be, you know, the people you're around a lot. And you can say, well, I can have my own friends, whatever. Well, you, you are going to become the average of the people you spend the most time with. And so those are going to be your teammates. So you better find, you know, guys that you enjoy being around and guys that, you know, when you're visiting and there are juniors and seniors there, you, there needs to be a piece of you that goes, yeah, I, I kind of want to be like that guy in three or four years. And if that's how you're feeling, then that, that's a pretty good indicator that that may be a good place for you. I think the, the other thing um, is, you know, getting the opportunity to play earlier rather than later in your career is a big piece of it. You know, it it's not like if you're, you know, if you're the 13th guy on the basketball team, like you at least you still get to go to all the games, warm up, be in the locker room every night, um, you know, hear the, the post game speeches and, and all that stuff. You get to be part of it. You may not get to be on the court, but you're part of it. In golf, it's not that way. We take five guys. Um, and so, you know, if you're if, if you're looking at it going, yeah, I can I, I got an offer to play at X, Y Division one school, but. I may not get in the lineup until I'm a junior or senior. Well, are you willing to, to sit at home in your dorm room while your teammates go to all these cool places for two, three years? Um, or would you rather go someplace where you're going to have a chance to make an impact and be in the lineup right away? And, you know, the difference is over four years, are you, you know, willing to, to maybe only play in 10 tournaments, 15, or you want to play in 50, which is what you'll play in if you, you know, were to come to, a place like Taylor and play in every tournament over four years, you play 50 some tournaments. So um, I think that's a, that's a big piece that maybe sometimes people don't always consider.
Yeah, definitely. That's an awesome answer. And it's really cool, obviously, to get the, the per perspective from somebody who uh, has seen a lot of players go through that process, helped a lot of players kind of find the right place, like you said, whether that's Taylor or, or somewhere else. Um, kind of on to a, a fun part of the show that we like to do now. It's called the Twilight Nine. So I uh, kind of compare it to going out late in the summer's evening and trying to get through nine holes as quick as possible. Uh, I'm going to ask you nine questions, kind of rapid fire style. So just first thing that pops into your head, just go ahead and, and spit out the answer. We just want to get to know you a little bit better outside of recruiting Coach Andrew. Uh, just kind of get to know you as a person and some of the things that, that you enjoy doing. Sound good? All right, it's dangerous. Let's do it. Awesome. Uh, lowest tournament score? 68. Awesome. Uh, Go-to pre-round meal? Oh, I love some Chick-fil-A. Nice. Favorite on-course snack? Um, trail mix. Pre-gym or pre-round pump-up song? Oh, man. Um, some Eminem some &M hits the spot for me usually, yeah. <laughs> Uh, hardest or least favorite exercise to do in the gym? <laughs> um, I, I don't, I don't like long distance running. I can do sprints, but man, the long distance running, I'm just miserable. <laughs> uh, you get to the golf course, only have 10 minutes before your tee time for a tournament round. What do you do before you head to the first tee? I'm going to tee up a few drivers and smack them and then go roll a few like 15, 20 footers on the green, try to get the pace and let's just get ready to go. Awesome. I love it. Uh, what's your golf brand of choice? Uh, I play a lot of Titleist stuff. Nice. Uh, what's the best movie of all time? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I love Top Gun. Nice. Uh, and then what's your favorite sports team? I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Kentucky basketball fan, University of Kentucky. That, that's probably – and the Indianapolis Colts are – both those teams are way up there for me. Awesome. Uh, that was our Twilight Nine here with Coach Andrew. Just a quick bust through of, of the questions that we like to ask everyone to get a little bit better feel for them as a person. Uh, kind of give us a break from some of the stuff that we do on the podcast, getting into some of the heavy stuff. So before we let you go, Coach, uh, just a couple of questions that – we think uh, would kind of help some people who may be watching this. Uh, what would be your biggest advice for juniors who are looking to play college golf? What would be kind of one major thing that they should be working on or they should be looking into in order to, to help get themselves as prepared as possible? I think getting a good swing coach is a, a, a great start. And then with that swing coach, figuring out the best way to generate club head speed. Um, it, it is uh, it really is the key to being able to play good golf is being able to send it. So awesome. Uh, and then for high school players going through the recruiting process, obviously we've talked about them for most of the episode, but just if you are sitting here talking to a high school player one-on-one, -on -one, uh, what would be your biggest advice to them as they go through the recruiting process? What would be the number one thing that, that you would try to tell them to focus on? Well, the, the process should be enjoyable. Um, and I know it can be really stressful and you feel like, man, it's just a lot to do and a lot of uncertainty, but you know, it really is a, a cool time and enjoyable time. You get to meet a lot of people. Um, and you know, I, I have friendships with people, uh, with, with players that didn't actually end up coming to Taylor, but I'm friends with them because we got to know each other through the recruiting process. And 
So I think that's important for, for players to remember. Like you're not just trying to find the place you're going to go to school. Um, you're, this is an opportunity for you to get to know a lot of people, see a lot of places, and it should be a fun experience for you. And so if you're not having fun with it, you might be doing a few things wrong. Awesome. That's a great answer. Uh, and then where can people follow you and the team as you guys head into the spring season? Where's a place that they can keep up with some of your results, some of the things that, that you guys are doing throughout the spring season? We try to be pretty active on uh, social media. So you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, Taylor, you golf. Um, and, you know, we try to post stuff on there pretty regularly about, especially when, once we get into the season, you'll, you'll see stuff on there a lot. Uh, so, and if, if you got qu further questions, you know, you're, you're a parent or a high schooler um, and maybe not even about Taylor, but just about the recruiting process or whatever, like I, I would love to help you. Um, I really just want to see players end up in the right place. And I love, I think college golf is the greatest gig in the world. And so having people uh, get to experience playing college golf, I'd love to, to help anybody and everybody do that. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast today. Obviously, wish you and both your men's and women's team the best of luck as you guys head into 2019. Uh, best of luck with the spring season, and hopefully you guys can chase down a couple more championships. Thanks, Vince. I appreciate it, man. I love all you're doing, and uh, keep it up. Thanks, Coach. Have a good one. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It was so fun being able to catch up with Coach, interview him. He does a great job of giving you the recruiting perspective from a coach's standpoint. I think that's so important to be able to understand what actually goes on in the process, to be able to see kind of behind the other side of the curtain and understand what goes into your recruitment. It's not just what you're doing, but it's also what coaches are doing for you, what coaches are doing to find you, and what coaches are doing throughout their entire recruiting period as well. So once again, big thank you to Coach for taking time out of his schedule to join us. want to wish him and his Taylor Trojan squads the best of luck this spring. Feel free to follow along with them on social media. Keep up to date with them as they chase down some championships. Good luck to them. Can't wait to follow along. Also want to give a huge shout out to you guys for the continued support. I love getting Instagram DMs or messages on Twitter about how one of our episodes had an impact on you or your golfing career. So please continue to reach out, continue to like this video and share them with some friends, continue to grow that community. I've got some really exciting interviews coming up that I can't wait to share with you guys. They're going to be so fun, so entertaining, uh, and I just hope that you guys enjoy them as much as I enjoy making them. So once again, huge thank you. Can't wait to see you guys next Wednesday for the next episode of Making the the turn. This is Vince Drum and Golf and I'm out. <laughs>